Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. Hey, welcome uh, Friday morning here. We are recording the Miller and Williams program on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by John Miller. We are presented by our friends at Prairie Meadows Race track and casino, your favorite place to play. Yeah, oh, man. I'm uh, I'm at the uh, so hey, you, this you, new you, studio out in Ankeny, and that's where you, I'm. Today. I saw that. I saw Ken Miller the other day. Yeah. Um, and I texted him like, "Dude, is that your home studio?" He's like, "No, it's Chris's." And I'm like, "Wait a <laughs> second, Chris's?" I'm like, "Chris Williams?" He's like, "Yeah, it's his office." I'm like. Damn, man, this is legit. Well, when 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 you decide you're breaking away from corporate media forever, and I've basically told myself that this is my last stop doing Cyclone Fanatic and Iowa everywhere, and if it doesn't work out for here, I'm just going to get into the propane business. Well, you know what? I uh, <laughs> I may be getting out of it by the time you want to get in it. You well, know, maybe. Yeah. Well, no, I just had a lot of deep thinking and yeah, we're going all in. So building this cool for people who are watching on YouTube or anywhere, we're building out this studio. And then there's the other side of this room, John, that you can't see, but we are creating it so we can do game watches. Oh man. So we can stream like, you know, for instance, like if Iowa was playing in the big 10 championship game, like they did last year, where we can do our own broadcast and like go, Hey, it's Scott Docterman on for a halftime show, right? Like there's all sorts of cool things that Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's freaking that's kind sweet. of what we're trying to build out here. And we'll use it for Cyclone Fanatic too. I've been doing so I've been doing some work on my studio here. Yeah, what well, I've been zooming in. You got all these like feminine feminist books. Yeah. That there there are times have changed in the John Miller house. And we got this little thing going on here. Is that a that's a that's that woman's breast. Well, it's 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 a it's not a tiki doll. Like it wasn't like something that the Brady's found in, in Hawaii, the island in the rubble. Um, it is a uh, some type of ancient, uh, you know, religious goddess. You know, because you know, in this studio we keep it real. Um, you know, my wife is in the process of actually writing a book, and um, you know, it's basically kind of about how. Uh, more modern religions have ripped off ancient religious matriarchies and turned them into patriarchies, even down to the point of the serpent being a symbol of power and prosperity. And, and then, uh, you know, the new religions come along and say that the serpent's bad. The serpent is Satan and all that sort of stuff. I mean, this feels borderline lifestyle big, podcast. Big serpent guy. <laughs> this, this, this feels like borderline lifestyle podcast of, uh, topic. We need to do that next week because it's Iowa State's bye week. It's the absolute best time for me to dive into one of those. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll pick one. So I think, you know, we, we definitely want to talk about some mental health aspects at one of them. Oh. But I wouldn't mind. Losing my I, mind right now. I, I need my therapy from you. Yeah, well, I, I, I've i got it, man. I've got it. Plant medicine. We, just, uh, we need to the ask Ricky Williams to join us. On I, I watched that podcast and listened to it. It was phenomenal. It was outstanding. Um, I'm 51 years old 
and finally realizing that um, fi- finally, finally feeling I'm starting to see more truth in the world instead of bullshit. And um, there's a whole sea of bullshit behind what politicians have done uh, relative to the um, criminalization of marijuana and some other drugs that should never have been schedule one a schedule one designation means they have no medicinal qualities whatsoever of course marijuana cannabis whatever you want to call it matter of fact we'll talk about why we call it marijuana or cannabis that's another racially politically motivated thing that it used to be called cannabis until you know you started to have black and brown people in jazz clubs using this to fuel their creativity and then you started to have southern white women being a little too friendly with the brown and black folk so they wanted to create a boogeyman so they stopped calling it cannabis and started to use the term marijuana so they could frame it as a mexican drug and oh look out here comes the mexicans this is a deep thing and i'm passionate about it and i can't wait to talk about it yeah that'll be that'll be awesome and i'm glad that um sage told me that you reached out to him too as well and like he uh what a what a home run it's been bringing him on just with his rolodex and i someday i would like to get you and sage and just unleash you two on a pod we'll do it i think it'd be really cool you guys are two of the more interesting people I've ever met and just um, watching Sage interact with, I kind of in that podcast just kind of sat back for the first half of it. Cause I was just watching these two go at it and it was really fascinating. And what a thrill I, I grew up and I, I didn't lie about any of that. He was my favorite player. Like he, yeah, I loved him. It, it, a lot of things from my childhood, I'm a closet Florida state fan because they beat Nebraska in the 94 orange bowl. And I was attracted to Texas and Ricky Williams at the start of the Big 12 because they knocked off Nebraska. Do you remember that? In the uh-huh. Big 12 championship game. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy rules. He's making all my Husker friends cry. Right. <clears throat> and I just – I loved how he was just himself and he didn't apologize about it and he did it his entire career and he's still doing it after football. He's one of those guys who – my guess with the way our country is trending and just the world in general with the cannabis stuff, Ricky's probably going to be, um, he, there's a lot, there are a lot more uh, tread left on that tire as far as the Ricky Williams brand goes. Yeah. And it's really, you know, Ricky at one point in time, and you know, he brought this up on the podcast. I strongly urge everyone to listen to that. Um, he, he brought up how I bet for most of his life, if, if he wouldn't have been an athlete, he would have been an outcast. He would have been one of the people that people didn't want to associate with because they're like, man, that guy's a little off. It's not off. It's just how he was made. Mm-hmm. And because he was an athlete, um, people overlooked that. He talked about that at Texas in high school, but then he got to the NFL. And in the NFL, yeah, he was a really good running back, but his mercurial or unique personality didn't quite play as well. And people didn't get him and didn't understand him. But the worst thing is, Chris, it's not, we all maybe not, we, we all maybe don't get certain people, but what happens when we don't get them, we, we keep them at arm's length. We don't allow ourselves to go get to know someone, mm-hmm. get to learn someone different than us. Um, and I'll talk a lot more about that when we do the lifestyle show, because from the Miller household perspective, we were that way too. We were very, um, not intentionally, but we were judgmental people. Um, and 
we dropped all that stuff. You would be shocked. And I'm not going to say it out loud because then people are like, oh, that's just, you know, whatever virtue signaling, blah, 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 blah. Really F you. But I just don't want to get into it this morning. Um, you would be shocked at my wife's friend group. You would be floored, frankly, because um, we've chosen to get to know people and not judge people on the surface. And it's been wonderfully freeing. The Ricky Williams podcast is great. What Ricky's into is great. And frankly, um, you know, in five, five years or so, once I um, maybe have moved on from what I'm doing now, investing in companies like what Ricky is doing, I'm actually looking into that right now. That's cool. Um, I, I want to learn more about uh, all your stuff too. So we'll, yeah. We'll do that. Hopefully, hopefully next week we can get that get that lined up. Yeah, we'll talk about ketamine. We'll talk about psilocybin. We'll talk about <laughs> cannabis. We'll talk about life changing relative to um, to mental health. It's a, it's an amazing time for science that was delayed for fifty years because Richard Nixon um, wanted to suppress uh, the hippies. Uh, in the black power movement and felt politically he needed to do that to, to win the election. Good books about this. Cause I, yeah, I'll, I'll send you several. Cause I, any, any topic like this, I just want to read about more yep. than, I'll, I'll, you know, dude, dude, I'm not joking. The wife's hippie my, library in the background. My, it's no <laughs> hidden. My wife is the most well-read person, not only that I've ever met, but that I've ever heard of. This woman reads three to four books at a time every day. She has a podcast at Her Story Speaks, and she's had over 100 episodes. Everyone she brings on writes a book. Mm -hmm. You've brought people onto your shows and podcasts that have written books. Mm -hmm. Have you read every book, the entire book no. of every podcast guest that you brought on to talk about their book? That, that's one of the great farces in sports talk radio. Nobody reads them. Yeah, when these guys are like, oh, and I, you know... Caught up on your book, and I really liked this part. You it's bullshit. Yeah, because they, like how that works is you get the book, and then the person's on in like a day. Right, right. My wife reads every book, and you you can assume this, but when when she after she's done with her interviews with these people, the the interviewee the subject is like, I really want to tell you how much I appreciate how well read you were and how much you knew about the book. And Andrew's like, well, I read it all. People don't do that. My wife does. She's, she's phenomenal. She is, she's a phenomenal human being. So I'm sure I got a book around here that I'll send you on this stuff. And a, book read, a book read recommendation. How to, I think it's called how to change your mind. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a series right now on Netflix, which is, re which really got me going on this, this summer. I've seen um, that. I haven't watched it, but I've seen it float. Around. It, it's remarkable. I'm, I'm going to go read the book too. Cause I'm sure the book's going to be deeper and better. Hmm. Good stuff. How many books do you read a year? Do you, are you a big reader? Probably uh, 20 to 25. Um, yeah. But I typically, I typically go for the uh, epic fantasy science fiction stuff like Lord okay. of the Rings realm. Yeah. Cause I like to take a break when I read reading for me is an escape. I don't like reading uh, nonfiction. See, that's in, all I read. It's our different. Yeah. Unless the nonfiction is a, is a, 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 a book about bands like the Beatles, Queen, yeah. Pink Floyd. So right now I'm going back and forth between going to um, Malazan Book of the Fallen, which is the most epic, epic, epic fantasy series. And I've read it two times. This is my third time through uh, reading it again. And I'm also simultaneously reading a book on the Beatles drug use and tracking what drugs they were using with what albums they made, which 
talks about how the drugs influenced that particular album, and it's absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Okay, I like pro wrestling books. You know, I would, I might I, read, I might read something by uh, Mankind. I've read a ton of pro wrestling books in my life. Those yeah. are my that's Bret my like, guilty guilty pleasures to go and read read the old stories and stuff like. I like the old like. Um, there's a guy who. He was the head writer at WWF for like 17 years. And he right. just released his memoir on like being this um, dorky little Jewish guy who's a sitcom writer. And he's basically like one of the most powerful men in that business and just how the wrestlers responded to him and stuff. It's hilarious. Those stories would be fascinating. I, I, I like that. I just, but so those kinds of things I could read, but I just really love escapism. Like I've read like my wife. She's the same way. She, she only reads novels. That's yeah. It. Like, you know, Lord of the Rings, which is the OG. I think Malazan book of the fallen is the most grandiose scoped um, world building epic fantasy that's ever been written. You've got, you know, third law by Joe Abercrombie. Um, my gosh, there's, you know, sort of Shannara. Um, there's this I've read every major one that there is um, usually more than once because I like I reading more than once because for some reason when I read, I don't soak up like 100 percent of the details when I'm reading for fun. So I can go back and reread things having forgotten <laughs> some key points. So anyhow, yeah, maybe I should do that because I always like this is definitely a personality flaw. I, I think I can't turn it off. So I'm like, if I'm reading, like I need to be accomplishing something. And in my mind, that's making myself more like smarter on a topic that. I see that. that. Listen, like it's a, I just need to be able to turn it off though. Is my point. Why, 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 why Why do you need to turn it off? John, I'm just wound so tight. Maybe if I just like read a Lord of the Rings, I would unwind a little bit. Well, there's other things you can do too. Um, But I mean, yeah explore that a little more, but don't listen. You are kind of who you are. One of the, one of the biggest fallacies when people get married is that the one spouse thinks that over time, there's other spouses likely to change a great deal. And they're going to be the one to change them. If you have that notion, you're in for some rocky roads for quite a long time. I think people can change over time. I am exhibit a of someone that's had fairly radical change without you know, I guess there have been some radical things happen to us relative to religion when we were in Oklahoma, but it took me almost, you know, 25 years. And the first 20 of those, I wasn't really changing. I was only, people usually double down on who they are. They don't go a different direction. So explore what you're feeling. If you'd like to loosen up, you know, yeah, give it a spin. Uh, Brian Ferentz, do you have any comments on the, uh, the big press conference? from this week yeah um i think there's a saying that i used to use a lot in my old podcast days called playing in traffic uh like the video game frogger for some of you Mm -hmm. that frog had to get across the road why why did the frog get across so he didn't need to really there's probably water near him i feel like mike leach right now but um, uh, when they got the machine the, What's that? Machine, the Seinfeld episode where they've got to yeah. get yes. that machine moved across the street. <laughs> George has prepared his entire life for this very moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't go, don't play game. Don't, don't, don't live in traffic. 
there's a crosswalk. There's maybe a bridge you can go over. Don't go out in traffic if you don't have to. Iowa State has a bridge. Beautiful. They do. I saw that. I saw a satellite shot that Jamie tweeted out the other night. Um, and um, Brian, Brian played in traffic. Brian's answer to the question that Chad Lystico, I believe, posed to him on what's the downside of letting Alex Padilla play, and Brian's retort was, what's the upside? Mm-hmm. Now, watching the entire answer on video, I wouldn't say changes the context any. It may make Brian seem, um, if anything, I think Brian instantly realized he stepped in a pile of shit. I do too. And exactly. he tried to soften things. When he goes, I'm not trying to be coy. Right. I'm not trying to be flippant. Said it a couple of times. He, he, he changed his facial expressions. He was more soft, trying to be more reaching out with his hands, his nonverbal communication things to mm-hmm. me. Let me know. He inside went, uh-oh, shouldn't yeah. have said that. And no, you shouldn't have said that. Um, do we all say things that we'd like to take back? Absolutely. No question about it. So I'm not faulting Brian for that. But you can't do that. And he's going, that one's going to be a t-shirt. That's a meme. That's a, that's football. And uh, frankly, I don't see, I don't know that I see a path for Brian Ferentz being Iowa's offensive coordinator next year outside of Kirk Ferentz making some type of declaration saying that he's going to step away from any offensive control and cede it entirely to Brian. And then even then I'll think wink, wink. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, there would need to be some type of thing along those lines, but even then um, I, I don't, I don't know it, this. I think this is just so many layers involved. Like, I mean, the, the best thing for Brian's future career would be to leave, would be to go somewhere else, would be to have a fresh start um, and go become his own person because it's not going to happen at Iowa. He's never going to be Iowa's head coach. He'll never have a higher position in football at the University of Iowa than he has right now. It's never going to happen. The, um, you know, whether you feel this has been nepotism or not, uh, I think it's probably, uh, you know, was Brian qualified to be Iowa's offensive quarter? He'd never been a coordinator before, but there's examples in football of people making that jump. So I'm not going to, that's not a hill of die. Tom Manning at Iowa State had never. Right. And, yeah. yeah. So. That, to me, that's a, that's, there's, there's stronger arguments to make mm-hmm. than that one. Mm-hmm. The, the argument is, is that the results have flat out sucked, like historically sucked. I was averaging 238.8 yards per game. I dug into the Iowa media guide this week and I went back to 1948. All right. They only got statistics in there to like 1938 or something like that. Iowa's only had four other seasons since 1948, the start of the 48 season, where they've averaged fewer yards per game than they're averaging right now. And this is 2022. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's it, it is a that's scathing crazy. indictment. Ken O'Keefe, Iowa's offense is under Ken O'Keefe averaged national ranking just above average. Apparently, Ken O'Keefe was a witch. Or and and or both could be true. Ken was really good at what Kirk the confines that Kirk gave him, but also offense hadn't evolved 
at that point in time to where it has in the last decade. Ken's last year's Iowa's offensive coordinator was 2011. It's 11 years ago. College football has changed drastically. He all sorts of hell. In the last – he caught it. I presided over – I couldn't tell you how many sound offs in 05, 06, 07 – Fire Ken O'Keefe, he sucks. And I'm like, guys, it's not Ken O'Keefe. I said this in 06, 07. I said, it's not Ken O'Keefe. There is enough evidence the last few years that if you were objectively to look at it, you could replace Ken O'Keefe with no problem for lack of performance. But the Mm -hmm. fact that that's not happening tells you that it is a de facto endorsement by the boss who's Kirk, and Ken is doing just what Kirk wants. I said this 13, 15 years ago. Now – Then you had Greg Davis come along. His statistics were worse than Ken's. And then you get Brian coming along. Brian's statistics are worse than um, Greg Davis's. Is Brian a horrible coach? I doubt it. I doubt he's a horrible X and O's guy. The fundamental flaw is the system that Kirk wants to run. In 2022, there's a reason why Iowa's offensive production statistics relative to their peers continues to go down and to the right. Mm-hmm. It's because it's an antiquated, archaic system that runs a lot of 21, 22 personnel, I formation. Iowa makes offense harder. I had a former Kirk Ferentz player reach out to me this week in DMs, never going to say who it is, but this person wholeheartedly agrees with me. Listen, there's probably some that don't. I'm not saying that to stoke my ego. I, don't, I give two rips. Um, I'm going I'm to play golf later today. That's where my ego lives on the golf course. Um so this guy's like, yeah, you're right. This is this is archaic. The, this the formational stuff. It's always made it harder for us to operate in that five to ten yards beyond the line of scrimmage where Kirk wants to operate. It's a fundamental flaw of the system he wants to run. He can make it easier without overhauling the entire offense, just with some formational tweaks. And they have some of the most obvious um, situational tells of any football team I've ever watched. Ever. If they're in shotgun, it's 85% pass. If Gavin William comes in, it's likely a pass because he's the, he's, he's their preferred pass protector blocker. It reminds me of 2003. um, Whenever Edgar Cervantes came in on third down, I was remember the Michigan game. Michigan's instantly swapped out their nickel personnel because they knew Iowa's percentage tell um, when Edgar Cervantes was the only running back in the game, he was staying in the block and it was going to be a pass play. I was really bad at tipping their hand and they make football harder than it has to be. I'm really just curious about the, cause Kirk's not going anywhere unless he would resign. Correct. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the quarterback spot because I mean, you can't bring back Spencer Petrus. You just no, no. You can't. And I mean, I'm shocked that Alex Padilla is still there. I didn't think he'd be there this year. And, and now he's that, here today, this Labus kid, like, I mean, well, now we all know. Like you're not, you're nowhere close to the worst co- the quarterback in college football. Oh, like you're not weird. even, you're not even close because your quarterbacks coach and coordinator just told us that. What are the chances that any of these three guys are even there next year? And then, like my point uh, with Hassel, when we were talking about the, the mobility thing, there's not a lot of guys out there, John, that play this style of quarterback anymore. No, no, they're, they're not. And um, where are you going in the transfer portal to get a guy like Spencer Petras? Yeah, so so that's another thing that I've tweeted about with some recent strings is that um, 
I think we even talked about it a few weeks ago. I think Spencer Petrus is going to be the last cement shoot quarterback for Iowa. Yeah. Um, you can't bring him back. And frankly, if he wants to come back, you need to talk no. him out of it no. for his You're mental ready. health, for yeah. his mental health. Um, the it's way that he's not for anyone. No, the way that he's being treated by Iowa fans is a disgrace. Um, it's an absolute effing disgrace. And it makes me mad enough to want to punch some people in the face because all he's doing is what the coaches are asking him to do. Am I disappointed when he short hops a guy in the flat on it can convert a first down and doesn't happen? Of course. Can you make some criticisms about that? Yes, but leave it there. Don't people are going too far. Spencer Petrus is a phenomenal human being. He can't win. And his development has completely been stunted by the system and he there's nothing he can do because if they do win some games, it's not going to be because of him. It's because the defense, they're still going to be ranked in the one deep one twenties and offense, right? Right. He won 10 games last year and people were like this, right? Like, I mean, I don't think they'll get to six this year. You cannot bring him back in any capacity. Yeah. He started out six and oh, then they lost Purdue and then he got hurt and Padilla had a couple of wins in there, but yeah. Okay. Um, you, you, yeah, I do. Um, I just saved you the emails that will come your way. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Look you don't know you. the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you can't, and it wouldn't be fair to him. And if I'm him, I, yeah, I think I don't know what the deal is with Alex Padilla. Did, did he hurt his arm in the off season? And he doesn't have arm strength, and is he just pissing all over himself in practice? Maybe because Brian Ferentz did. You get you, these press conferences. I've, I've and- read. Can we he, throw in the Deuce Hogan thing too? I mean, that's added context to this. Well, it is now. It is now. Yeah, I mean, because um, I don't think Deuce Hogan. I mean, he's walking on at Kentucky, so clearly he's not. You know, right. this isn't Drew Tate walking through the door. But the whole point is, you already made that. Kirk made that comment last year. The guy transfers within days, clearly because of that. Right. And now, the second time within a year, now you have Brian making comments like these it's just a bad look man it's horrible it's i don't know if they're still using wix pr firm or not that they started using after kirk's 2014 season where he had a number of uh uncomfortable run-ins commentary wise with media but they, they 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 you don't have to say certain things and i get it man it's like human nature there's things at times i want to say things and i don't believe it or not um but when you have a microphone and cameras in front of your face and you are public figures to the level that these guys are public figures, they know. And you have to be more measured. There are 10,000 things Brian Ferentz could have said other than what's the upside. That was horrible. And, um, you know, either either Joe Labus is nowhere near those guys or he's close enough, but they don't want to put Joe Labus in with an offensive line that's really bad. And, and give that start that kid's career out with you know football PTSD um, that lingers on through his career. Jake Christensen in 2007 was sacked more times than any other quarterback in Division One football. Okay, I think I think it was 48 times that he was sacked in 2007. It's been a while since I've looked at those numbers, but I think it's accurate. Um, I'm not saying that had he not had that horrible experience that year that he would have turned into some All American. I'm just saying that football players hear ghosts. Absolutely. They feel pressure that's not there. And um, I think that 
maybe they don't want to do that to Labus. I don't know. But next year, let's say Petrus is gone. Let's say Padilla is gone. I would put the odds at both of those things fairly high. Um, you've got Labus. You've got the, the May kid from Oklahoma who actually might be the, the most accomplished runner of any, any of them, except for this Resar kid that's in Florida who committed after the Iowa state game, which more power to you, buddy. Um, they have players that can extend drives with their feet. Okay. These, these, you know, the, the Lanai kid or Lanay's kid from New Jersey, he can extend plays with his feet. Labus can as well. So we'll see, but you know, next year, that offensive line, and you're getting, I mean, that offensive line should be a lot better. I mean, you're talking about people that all of a sudden be sophomores and juniors mostly. Um, and I think is, is Caden, is Caden Proctor a senior this year? I think yeah, he is. He'll, right? be there. he'll be there. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be one of your tackles. He'll probably be your right tackle. I just, I'm a little bit down because it just seems like they haven't been very good up front really since the Doyle situation. You know, I've heard. Am I reading into that? But it no, just, I mean it's it's a fair. Time they've had a really good offensive line. It's a fair opinion. Um, you know, when, when uh, oh gosh, why can't I think of the kid's name from Mount Vernon that's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Starts with the Worfs. Tristan Wirfs. Um, you know, he and Alaric Jackson were on the same line. That was a pretty solid line. Yeah, you're right. Uh, was that 2019? Maybe um, when they whooped yeah. up on USC. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that, you're right. So it's not yeah, okay. So it was a Larry Jackson worse. That was still pre-Doyle. Kid named Linderbaum. It was a Doyle line. I've heard the the washed up walk-on guys talk about this fact that because Doyle was an ever-present force with the offensive line. Correct. And Kirk, Kirk and Doyle. Um, so you know, the defense, they're not they're not seemingly suffering from a lack of Chris Doyle, but um, maybe the offense is, you know, they had Tim Polisek, uh, you know, when Brian was promoted to offensive, uh, coordinator, you know, Tim Polisek was brought in to coach the offensive line. Uh, he was a cusser and a yeller, but the guys loved him. You know, he was one of those guys that, you know, that's how he coached, but there was no doubt. I don't well, know anything about Barnett who they have now. Now that but, we talked through it though, maybe it's just, it's simply the offense has become that more archaic and, it's that much more difficult to play offensive line at Iowa because everybody knows what you're going to do all the time. I, I mean, I think as simple as that. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Iowa hasn't changed. Yeah. The rest of the game has, and it's made what Iowa tries to do and has a t- tendency tell what they do harder to execute. Iowa, when Iowa misses on a play even if it's a 10 or 15, I'm not talking about going downfield. I'm talking about a, a 10 or 15 yard play or a seven yard play on first down when Spencer Petrus or anybody short hops, somebody in the flat, that would have been a seven yard gainer on first and 10. And now it's second and 10 punt team. You're up. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Period. You can't have a system and limitations personnel wise, i.e. a slow footed quarterback to where Missing on execution on first and down means you are 80% likely to punt because we all know what's coming on second and 10 to run 75% of the time. So it's, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's horrible. It needs to be re 
built. Not everything scrap Kirk can still run. They need to have less of a reliance on zone. They don't need to scrap zone. A lot of NFL offense, you know, outside zones becoming, you know, becoming a little more in vogue in the NFL again. Things are coming back around again. A lot of teams run zone concepts. Iowa can run zone concepts. Just don't run them 80% of the time. Make teams pay for when they're overplaying zone flow. So Iowa's on offense. They're going to run an outside zone, say, to the right for this example. The offensive linemen in concert with one another move to the right. The defense for years now knows when Iowa's offensive line goes to the right, you mirror them but attack at a 45-degree angle into the flow to bubble it back. That also allows the linebackers behind and the safety that's walked down because there's eight in the box because Iowa gives you no reason to fear them going over the top and beating you for a score. So we now have that eighth man walk back in the box, maybe even a ninth if you're out there playing with two tight ends and a fullback and I formation set. Those linebackers can knife through the gaps that used to be open for your running backs back when this was cool in 2002. And it cuts off cutback lanes. Yeah. I'm a 51 year old, never having played college football, dude, sitting in rural Kansas city. I know this. You don't think that Jim letter doesn't know. Wisconsin's had the freaking key to stopping this since they went to the to the odd man front, the three, four. Now everybody's doing it. Iowa State does a great job. Everybody knows how to do it. I know how to do it. Just You're banging your head against the wall. You're making football too hard when everybody else doesn't do that. Well, at least you don't have to watch it this weekend. Praise be. Are you just going to golf all weekend or are you going to watch football? Um, I have a golf tournament that starts today at noon. A and tournament? I, yep. Then I'm back at it at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Singles? No, it's a it's a two man uh, event. Yeah, tell me about your partner. His uh, name's uh, Jordan Miller. Um, first person I played with when I joined Leewood Country Leewood Country Club last year. First round I played with the Rando, and it was him. Great human a, being. You'd love him. Is he a good putter? He's tell decent. A lot about, you can tell a lot about a man by his putting stroke. <laughs> you can tell a lot about a man by his putting. You sound like Red from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Is that the guy and, who climbed and, through the poop? Andy Dufresne. Um, yeah, crawled through a river of shit. Yes. Great movie. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's all right. It's fantastic. It's you don't you don't movie. you do that to me. No, it is a good movie. It is not nearly as good as all you elites make it up to be. Top Elite? Gun, that's elites? How do I fit into any elite status? <laughs> You're going to a country club tournament this weekend. Like you don't know people that belong to country clubs. <laughs> And I call them elites. <laughs> well, this isn't my club. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is, this, yeah. This is, probably, old, this is my old club. I'm at a new club now. That takes golf. To, I wouldn't be able to do it because there's so many good college football games this weekend. Like, this is an awesome weekend. I, I, I've got my parlays in. By the way, whenever we start talking about my uh, wagers, I would like for you to queue up um, Prince uh you know let's how about uh kiss kiss by prince and you refer to me as the prince of parlays because i've been sending you all my winners you know what i'm gonna quit talking chris why don't you tell about it you don't send me the losers though baby even the losers get lucky sometimes you are I, pretty good at these i like it's really hard to hit a 16 parlay like it's it's very and, I, difficult. and i'm and i'm usually doing it once a week or once every other week here's what's funny because i um 
camped with a bunch of my college buddies last weekend at Trice, and we got up Saturday morning, and we each put together like 18 parlays. And this is why I never do them, but it was good for me, though, because I – now you follow me on action network so you see my process holy shit right. if i didn't know you were only betting five and ten i would have driven up to iowa by now and put you up against the wall and said brother you're gonna ruin your life i see all these bets flying on my phone with notifications yeah. i'm like oh shit chris is off the wagon they're going to family it's like a financial portfolio for me every saturday like i've got my okay well these are my high yielders uh, i'm gonna go four units here yeah yeah this is my um all right i'm reaching on a cannabis stock here i'm only gonna go a half a unit and hopefully it pays off big so i i actually have done very very well this year i'm killing it across the board on my college football bets but it's when i get these stupid like wild hair up my ass i never win i put together an 18 parlay that i sent you on saturday morning the last week i think i i think i got one game of the eight right that's incredible which is yeah but like i but i still went up like 12 units on the weekend which is awesome so for sure that's why, that's why i only bet one unit on these stupid parlays that the prince here yeah likes to dial. So, you know what just for the people at home and i'm gonna give y'all one that i'm doing tomorrow oh, you, gotta, you gotta okay let's here, do here, here's what hit last week it was plus 685 it was nfl over 51 and a half in the uh Chiefs Raiders game, Josh Jacobs anytime touchdown score, and Derek Carr under 272.5 yards passing. Bingo, $25 to win 196. Okay. Um, same game parlay that did not hit. Um, then I also in game put a hundo on under 28 and a half in Iowa, Illinois. I tailed you on that too, by the way. That was brilliant. So yeah. did several people who texted me. Free money. <laughs> That was an easy hundo back in the oh, back yeah. in the kitty. Um, five leg teaser. I had Michigan minus 18 and a half, TCU minus three, Ohio State minus 22 and a half, Kansas State plus two and a half, and Notre Dame plus a half. I made 850 on that one. Um, so now there are way more losers. Way more yeah, losers. Yeah, but if you're hitting it plus like 850 on all these, then that, you don't have to win that's that. Way, that's why we do it. So yeah. I funded my account back the first weekend of college football with a thousand dollars again not saying i was going to bet a thousand but just in case it was there in case i needed a hedge at some point in time um before i made this weekend's wagers i I was at eighteen hundred dollars so i was up eighty percent in a month right and folks this is not an investment strategy this is i would do not encourage this so this weekend i've got Apparently, I've got three hundy riding on parlays, which I did not realize. I could be out of control. Yeah. I need to set a different parameter. Per parlay now. I've still got five hundred dollars of profit sitting there. Is the way I look at it. So this is house money. I'm house money. Okay, so here's what I got. I got uh, a plus seventeen forty six five legger. I've got Minnesota money line, Iowa State plus sixteen and a half, Mississippi minus fourteen and a half. Michigan, Penn State, minus six and a half Michigan, and Wisconsin, minus seven and a half at Michigan State. You know, I'm on – it's funny because I'm on Illinois and I'm on Penn State on those, so. Okay. And I've got a few other five and six leggers for fun um, and a four-legger apparently. Ooh, and an eight-legger. The eight-legger here is the lottery ticket for the week. I always All right, have to do, 
I always like to do a lottery ticket. Okay. This is plus 17,805. Oh, Christ. Okay. And, and I will tell you, I did put a hundy on this, which is the dumbest thing. I just you put a hundred on a plus 1700. Here's the thing. I made the easy hundy on Iowa minus 28, 28 and a half in game line. I'm just looking at this as his house money. The house is giving me a free lottery ticket. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's hear it. Uh, under 43 and a half Tampa Bay Pittsburgh. Okay. Sure. Uh, uh, Colts minus two and a half against Jacksonville. I, Cincinnati, I don't watch the NFL that Cincinnati much. minus one and a half at New Orleans, Cleveland minus yeah, like three that. against the Browns or against the Patriots, Minnesota minus three at Miami. I like um, that. I do as a Vikings fan. Yeah. It's two up. It's two. It's two. No, he's it, yeah. He's I, I jumped on it early figuring he'd be out. Yeah, he's um, out. Baltimore minus five at Giants, San Francisco 49ers minus five and a half in Atlanta, and Los Angeles Chargers minus four and a half against Denver. So man, you're that's, just playing the chalk, man. You're just riding with all these favorites. It's, it's, unlike, it's unlikely going to hit. If it does hit, I win $18,000. <laughs> and I will donate $1,000 to a charity of your choice. Okay. <laughs> Go put that in like Solana. Saints, no, no, I'm doing better myself than crypto right now. Um, so if I, if that hits, I'll you know I'll yeah, send you crypto's a gotta have a comeback at some point. Like there's gonna be crypto's it's, gonna be another it's day. It's going to. I've been through two winter crypto winter cycles, bro. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we gotta. That's why you gotta be investing right now. You can't just sit that's, back. That's true. That's true. I'm still think there's a little lower to go. So again. Promise me, son, not to do the things I've done. Do not do what I'm doing here. Remember, folks, I'm playing on house money, okay? I'm doing this for fun. I don't need any of this money for my bills, for my lifestyle, for nothing, okay? This is just fun. This is not an investment strategy. But you know what? They don't call me the prince for nothing. Matter of fact, they nobody calls me the prince except for myself. I want to I want to work with uh, my guys at Circa and see if we can't get like a John Miller silhouette at the sports book, <laughs> the Prince of the Parlor. With, 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 with a little week. hat, whatever you want, man. Absolutely, let's do it. And and maybe the uh, you know maybe put it up maybe put that uh, crown on my uh, what's that guy's name Tommy Lee Jones uh, caricature that I got. That would be something, you know. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now in the studio. I have a picture of it. You have it printed out. Great, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. What's what's going on with with Iowa State this week? We don't want to irritate Iowa State fans. I, I don't think Iowa State fans care at this point. I mean, they they care, but I mean, it's Friday. They don't want to hear about how bad our offense is. So, oh, oh, here's something. Let me bring this up. Somebody, they I'd rather hear you bitch about Iowa. Yeah, no, I, you're right. It's the it's the car crash uh, podcast today. Um, there was somebody last night on Twitter. This guy like runs a fan site, you know, and uh, his team that he covers is 96th in the country in total offense. So really shitty, really bad. This guy is like talking smack about another team's fans, another team. Um, and how bad their offense is. And the sad thing is, this is you talking smack about Iowa's offense, and Iowa State's offense is horrible, but your offense is still light years better than Iowa. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. you can do that, I guess. Any rational fan would, you could have one offense for the rest of the year. You'd take Iowa State's every time. Oh, 
If Iowa, listen, if Iowa had Iowa State's offense, you guys may be undefeated. They, they, you they, wouldn't have beat Michigan. You wouldn't have beaten Michigan. Right. If if Iowa had Iowa State's offense, they'd go. They'd be ten and two this year. I completely agree with you. Nine and three at worst. Can we have Tory Taylor? What do I get back? Well, I offered. Here we go. Hey, we I Tory offered Taylor, Tor- our backup quarterback. So it's no. uh, Marv Cook's son. So you got a legacy player. Well, we got a West Branch legacy player too. So I would offer him for Tory Taylor. So it gets rid of the Spencer Petrus problem. No, for me, uh, it's going to be two for one. Because then Kirk can't play Petrus. Like, so even if he's like, I'm going to go with Padilla, it eliminates Petrus from the equation. You're missing the bigger picture. I'll I'll trade you Tory Taylor. Okay. For For Matt Campbell and Jamie Pollard. (laughs) No chance. That's my, those are my terms. I'm saying no. Okay. Well, I'd rather go four and eight this year and uh, treat it like a rebuild and uh, get back after it next year. Fine. Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah. our punter really isn't that bad. He's no, no, he's, he, he's fine. I just look, man, it's some years you guys, you had one of the most talented rosters in Iowa state history last year. And that's, and that's not think that was a talented roster for a lot of programs, like Mm -hmm. really super talented NFL caliber quarterback, running back, um, tight tight end. end. I mean, dude, you guys were a healthy offensive line away from being a wrecking crew and a great defense. You lost a lot of talent. It happens, you know, it happens. And they're not, I know that the, the offensive numbers have been really bad and I, Totally. They can't run the football, and that's the biggest thing. Everybody wants to kill the quarterback, but when you can't run the ball, it, it gets really difficult for a young guy who – I know he, he's he been there. This is his third year in the program, but he hasn't played, and that is a difference, right, when, you, when you're playing for the first right. time. And I keep using it as an example, but when they – they played well at Iowa. They moved the ball against Iowa. They right. didn't execute in spots. They had fumbles, and right? Like, there were – but like Jairo Brock was running for like five, seven yards a carry right. Right. in that game. I mean, it's a big difference to when you can't run the ball and now you're playing against Big 12 defenses that know you, right? And these aren't the, the Big 12 defenses that have given them problems are good Big 12 defenses. Other than Kansas, Kansas, they should have scored more points in that game. I, I, I will not give them a pass on that one. But Kansas State and Baylor, two of the top three or four defenses in that league. And you got to be able to run the ball. I, I, I'm I'm still not convinced that they won't go to a bowl game. I think it's very doable still. I mean, they, they have three losses by 11 points. Right. To three teams that were ranked. So let's, let's see. I, I want to just get through this one. Don't, don't get banged up too much. Don't get killed. Get to the bye week. Matt always makes big moves during the bye. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. But there's a lot of like these Big 12 teams. You watched it last night. West Virginia was the pseudo worst team in the Big 12. Beats Baylor, right? Like th- these Big 12 teams are all pretty much the same this year. I think Texas is with Quinn Ewers, a top five team in the country. I think they're that good. My my whole um, thing about the Big 12 this year, there's really only one thing that I care about. And that is Oklahoma getting piss pounded every single time they come out. Brings me a great deal of joy, like side stream joy. Um, 49 nothing to Texas is phenomenal. 
Um, TCU trouncing them, phenomenal. I just hope they just keep getting killed. I don't think they're going to do well in the SEC. Um, no. I think Texas will be a much better SEC program than Oklahoma will. Oklahoma was foolish for leaving its current spot atop that league. You know, this reminds me of a story. I haven't told a story this episode to get some people riled up to making this all about me. Um, and once upon a time, I thought my brand was bigger than it was. When I got the Big Ten Network job, which was a, I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty, you know, it's not every day you, you audition for and get a national television show. You know, let's just point that out to start with. But let's go back to the deprecation, which people are going to like that more. Um, I thought I was pretty cool. I thought I was pretty big stuff. I thought my I was on my way. So I walked down to Joel McRae's office in uh, the WHO 1460KXNO Clear Channel. Then now I Heart Radio offices and, and turned in my resignation. Um, and that, w- that was the end of the uh, Miller and Dace in the morning show. Plus, I hated the morning show because it was so hard for me to wake up. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm a national TV show guy now. So um, that lasted for five weeks. And then we got cut and then I didn't have the TV show anymore. I was making, I don't know, about $1,200 an episode just to fly to Chicago to record 20 minutes. Make it made about that every time I did a, a sideline gig for him too. Um, so that TV show was gone. The money was gone. My uh, full-time um, salary at the radio station, which was probably less than 40 grand, it was sucked, Which, but that's radio. Um, but benefits were gone. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the beginning of a ending of a certain period of my life. That was, that was actually the start to some hard times ahead, real hard times ahead that caught up to me in 2013, where I briefly for 10 seconds uh, contemplated suicide, um, where my marriage all, almost broke, but my wife is stronger than I am. And um, turns out that I needed to go through all that because I needed to be humbled. I know it may seem shocking to some of you that I may not sound humble on the show, but I truly am. We're having a lot of fun here. So yeah, sometimes you think your brand is bigger than it is. And the only way to find that out is you test it. And sometimes you don't like the results of that test. I think Oklahoma is going to face the similar reality of, oh no, what did we do? We're getting our asses kicked. I guess we're getting a lot of money, but we probably could have got commensurate or maybe 20, 10% less in the Big 12 and been the big man on the block and been in the playoff every year. But now we did this. We sold our soul to the make-believe devil. They're the next Arkansas. Um, can we come up with a program that had a higher profile than Arkansas prior to that? Yeah, no, that Arkansas's historic profile. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska. That's a good one. What about Michigan? What about Michigan from, uh, you know, but yeah, I think Nebraska is a good one. That's, that's a good, yep. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, weekly check, uh, little Gracie Miller. She has a history. She has friends at Oklahoma. Jayhawks yeah. are in Norman. Is, is she making the road trip? She's a big Jayhawks fan. She's not. She was in Norman a couple of weeks ago. Big Jayhawk fan, though. Um, but, you know, she'll be watching it. She was sending me some texts and screenshots last week when she Who was, was she rooting for between Kansas State and Iowa State. A couple rivals, rival schools. You know, I, I may have to text her to find out if she's even aware that they're playing. 
Um, my guess is not, but I will tell you this. You know what? Here is a Gracie update tonight. Midnight Madness. Alan oh, she and her She's boyfriend. There. She and her boyfriend got tickets. Grace sent me a screenshot of her ticket. She's super pumped to go there. Um, I'm gonna I'm uh, I'm gonna big time her later this year. I don't think she listens to this. So I have uh, a friend who um, is. Let's just. I've got a friend, and uh, he's got courtside seats. So he sent me a text the other day and said, "Hey, you pick a game this year. I'll have you over." And I said, "Can we do when Iowa State comes?" to uh allen Fieldhouse, and uh i've got a you know we'll see we'll see what i wear that day we'll yeah, see well, you what, know what it'll be it'll be where's waldo where's waldo people too and maybe i'll come to that game and sit courtside yes let's do it you can stay at my house i'm just gonna stare at you the whole time to make sure you're cheering for the right okay team. here's what we'll do you can spend the night at my house i got a nice guest room here for you um i'll drive us over to uh allen and then you will drop you off to go do your media thing that no, I'm not I'm... doing the media thing. No, oh. no, no, no. I'm sitting in the front row. I'm cheering on my clones. Well, you're going to probably have to find tickets elsewhere. I no, I have my own tickets. I get my own tickets in the front okay, row. Okay, that's fine. We'll do that. Then that way you can you can have as many pops as you want, and I'll drive us home. It's all yeah. good. Man, and, then we'll, my language. and then we'll sit on my back patio when we get home, and we'll see what time it is. It might be about 4.20 by the time we get home, and then we'll see what goes on. <laughs> can we just skip the second half? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. do we even sure. have to go to the game? Can we just sit at your house and watch it? I think yep. that sounds more yep. fun. Yeah, we could do that. You know what? Yeah, we, we, we can do that anytime. You you are right. welcome down here anytime. I showed up here at the office today, and guy next door is like, don't you go to all the road games? And I was like, no. No. Those days are long gone. Like that, I, That's for suckers. <laughs> well, there's really no point anymore. Because, like, what I do, I would – rather watch all the games it makes me better to be able to watch 15 games in a weekend and i do as opposed to just being you know and then you got to travel the next day and it makes me a worse dad and everything's on zoom if i needed to get into a press conference i could i could just ask you know yeah like and i I mean i have guys who do that now so like what no i don't i don't need to be at every game there's still people to this day that I, i i sometimes get friends that send me a link on message board post over at Hawkeye report. It's not Caker. I love Tom, but just some people from the old school that still say, yeah, Miller didn't even, uh, Miller didn't even go to the orange. He didn't even attend the orange bowl in 2011 when Iowa was down there or whenever it was 2010. I didn't, I, I, I took a flight of a charter flight down there, went to some, you know, maybe a couple of them. I, you know, I didn't even go to any of the media festivities. That's it. He didn't go to any of the media. He didn't have coverage for us and all this and that. And it was too damn cold. I wasn't going and sitting in that state. I watched the game at home or at the hotel room. And there's still people that get pissed about that. It's like, man, it's just not important. It's not important. Yeah. Well, you can do good coverage. You don't have to be like, it's called couch coverage. Yeah, it's, be- well. it's better. It's better coverage. I I get the replays. Mm-hmm. I get. Yeah, it's better. And so well, I do all these streaming deals during the day. Right. You do. And, you are. Yeah, you're everywhere. And it's a lot easier for me to do that from my home office. So like tomorrow we're doing a game watch at Fong's and Ankeny. So I'll do pregame from Fong's. I'll watch it with a bunch of Psycho and Fanatic fans. Do halftime from there. Run home. Do all my postgame stuff. Right. Probably write a column, and then boom! Oh, I can put my kids to bed. 
Yeah, I've got a funny story that I'll tell you sometime off air. I can't share it on air, but I, I think it was 2005, Iowa, Iowa State. You talk about leaving early, leaving at half, and then going oh, home to was, work. Yeah, that was the 23-3 game. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and um, I had to leave at halftime to get back for sound off, right? I used to have to do that, too. That's Yeah, and that was 2005. I quit drinking in 06. So I might have made a stop on the way from Ames to Des Moines at a little small town bar, maybe about 10 minutes south of Ames. Actually. Yeah. And there might've been uh, people in there. Yeah. That recognized me that had Sharpies that wanted me to sign certain things. Nice. And um, yeah. So I remember leaving at halftime. Sign some breasts on the way. I did not say that. Who would, who, who look, who would want this guy to do that? That'd, that'd, you're <laughs> I'm looking at the Tommy Lee Jones character. You're, 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 <laughs> look at you're that a, guy having a beer, signing your breast. You're a sicko. No, well, the sicko. We have a hard stop of ten because you've got to get to your. You got to go get loosened up. You Listen, I'll tell. I'll tell. It was. It, it was a. It was a Harley dude with a Harley tank top, and he uh, wanted me. To shine, and, he, and, he, and he wanted me to shine it. Shine his buttocks, and I couldn't turn him down. <laughs> story just took a turn didn't see that one coming all right appreciate you all right buddy thanks to prairie meadows for uh sponsoring everything we do here at iowa everywhere we'll be back next friday so long Iowa everywhere.